The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, 2020's virtual Democratic National Convention kicked off last night. We'll talk Joe Biden's messaging. It's not really hard to find policies that can unite across Bernie Sanders and Republicans who aren't interested in voting for Donald Trump because we're all interested in policies that can get us out of the crisis that we're in right now. And stimulus after crisis. I do not think you're going to hear much about paying for anything. We don't do that in Washington anymore. That's really old school thinking. The FDA approves a new saliva test for COVID developed by the Yale School of Public Health. Researcher Ann Wiley says it's simple, cheap, and available now. We do hope that we can see many in some situations same day results. If not, what we're really striving for is to get below that 24-hour time point. And big box chains Walmart and Home Depot make big gains as consumer spending shifts during the pandemic. I want to be handy so badly because I think it makes you attractive or something, and I'm not. Those stories and more. It's Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Happy birthday, Grandma. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is out today. Joe, I've missed you. It's been a few weeks. How was your vacation? You, you, you miss. It was great. And I, I think I know where you are. You know who else? Did you feel his presence down there? Are you like two ships passing in who? the night? Who? Oh, yeah. Our our little buddy who? is down there slumming in Jersey. Andrew's Sorkin. At the shore. No way. Way. No way. 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 I already talked to him. He's a... Uh, I already talked about it. He's going to come back with some ink. He's going to, I, I think he's going to get a big M-A-G-A or maybe a K-A-G-A right here. K-A, keep him there. I think I, you know, I don't know what, to, I, I don't know. He's going to, he says he's never been wow. there. I think he's in for a rude awakening for, for his sensibilities. Never been to New Jersey? quite, uh, well, I don't know what part. Oh, you got to give him the details. I don't know what part. I don't know if he's going. Yeah. You got to give him the details. Uh, I don't know if he's going to. Right. Uh, and I see you. That is a beautiful blue, a beautiful DNC blue that Thank you, you seem to be sporting today. Oh. You can see how I am. You, you can see how I am. everything, what including is this? the color of clothes I'm wearing what is this morning. This? What are you wearing? That's pretty brown. blue, Becky. That is pretty blue. But look at my tie. This is me. That's you. This is me. See this? That purple. Tie is brown. It is so. This is so beautifully is purple. I guess you can't co- see. You're colorblind. First up on today's podcast, 2020's presidential campaign rolls on in a time of virus and uncertainty. We the people of the United States. We the people call the 48th Quadrennial Democratic National Convention to order. Reinventing all of our quadrennial traditions, like the four-day party national political conventions. Democrats kicking off their virtual national convention last night. Eamon Javers joins us right now with the highlights from that. Eamon, good morning. 
Yeah, good morning, Becky. It was like nothing we've really seen before in American politics, a political convention in a pandemic era as Democrats tried to figure out exactly how a virtual convention ought to look. There were no crowds. There were no balloons. Uh, there were no silly hats. None of the things you associate with a political convention. But they did have some political stars on television last night, starting with Bernie Sanders, who made an explicit appeal to the left-wing base of his in this Democratic Party, saying that they need to come together to support Joe Biden, even if they were Sanders supporters during the primary. Here's what he said. The future of our economy is at stake. The future of our planet is at stake. We must come together, defeat Donald Trump, and elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as our next president and vice president. My friends, the price of failure is just too great to imagine. But the biggest star of the night was Michelle Obama, the former first lady, who used Donald Trump's words in an interview about the COVID virus death toll. He said it is what it is. Michelle Obama used those words against him. Here's what she said. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. It is what it is. And guys, you've got to imagine Republicans were watching this last night, uh, taking some notes on sort of what worked virtually and what didn't work in terms of the production of all of this. A very different experience uh, watching this from home last night than it's been for me in previous years in the arenas. Uh, and you can imagine Republicans are going to look at this and say, we're going to do some of this and, and not some of that and, and sort of tailor this as we go along. Democrats might even evolve the format during the course of the week. We do expect uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, and Bill Clinton speaking tonight, guys. So uh, more political stars on the horizon. Hey, Eamon, were, were there many messages that the business world could take away from last <clears throat> night's campaigning? Yeah, look, I mean, not a lot of specifics in terms of policy, right? This was about uh, Donald Trump uh, and the sort of indictment of Donald Trump politically that he's just not fit to be the president of the United States. Uh, and then also about the big tent, right? I mean, you saw John Kasich, the former Republican presidential candidate up there, along with a number of other Republicans endorsing Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders with the sort of Democratic Socialist wing. So what the Democrats were trying to do last night is show that they have the biggest possible tent politically. It's strained a little bit at times. We saw this AOC, John Kasich feud break out. Uh, but they're trying to show that they are the party for people who are disenfranchised from Donald Trump. Not a whole lot of focus on tax rates or policy or, or, or all that kind of stuff. We need some some sound, uh, Eamon, I think. And, and I, I'll tell you why, why I think that now. I have been watching. They do it very effectively with the NBA playoffs. When, when things are real, some, something great happens. I feel like there's a crowd there. There's there's some video, fake people. I, I guess you really can't do that, but I miss that. Yeah. I, you really need that. I mean, the Republicans can't start piping in cheers, though. That'd be just too, uh, that'd be too weird. So they're stuck. They're, both parties are stuck I don't know. with this it's all weird. flat. This, but this flat delivery that, that sort of, uh, you know. But I think they had to think, when do we put Bernie up? It's like we, we want to keep his people, but we don't want him to be the face of the party, because you saw what happened when he almost became the nominee. I mean, they ran from him so quickly because I just don't think that his his positions are palatable uh, to enough people. So 
It's a fine line. Uh, look, that look Bernie Sanders knows uh, that he took a lot of blame. Bernie Sanders took a lot of blame inside the Democratic Party for not seeming to be reluctant in 2016 to endorse Hillary Clinton, not coming around fast enough, right? Uh, and I think that Bernie Sanders last night was trying to rectify a lot of that by saying, uh, making a, a real endorsement of, of Biden and, you know, in terms of policy, too. I mean, he's talking about uh, Biden's uh, proposal for health care for Americans, saying it's not what he would prefer, but it's much better than what we have right now. So Sanders, you know, using this moment to try to unify the party. But as I say, it did feel like it was straining a little bit yesterday, especially when you saw John Kasich and some of the criticism that he got uh, from Democrats on the left saying, you know, what's this Republican even doing here at our convention? Right. He's like a man without a country, because if, you know, I, I what's Buffett's thing criticized by I, I, I'm not going to say anything about John Casey, but he doesn't have anyone at this point. He hasn't got Democrats or Republicans that, that think much of him. And I'm from Ohio. So uh, anyway, thanks, Eamon. Uh, right. Becky, you bet. Criticized by category, praised by name. I think that's the saying, Joe. Yeah. Anyway, for more on this, yeah. let's bring in <laughs> yeah, Jim Petakoukas. He is economic policy analyst at AEI. He's also a CNBC contributor. And Julie Margetta Morgan, who is vice president of research at the Roosevelt Institute. And welcome to both of you. Julie, let, let me start with you just in terms of what you think happened last night, what you think needs to come out of this. And again, maybe most importantly, let's tailor this to the business community. What should they be listening for? Well, I think we, you know, we didn't see a lot of policy specifics last night, but I do think we saw some themes that we'll see throughout the rest of the convention and that do give some lessons for the business community. We saw a theme around the health crisis that our country is facing, the depth of that crisis and the need to address it. That's going to mean investments in research and design. It's going to mean investments in manufacturing that will bring the PPE and the testing and contact tracing that our country so desperately needs to get back on track. We also heard talk about systemic racism that's facing our country. That's also going to mean some changes for the business community because addressing systemic racism doesn't just mean fixing the policing crisis in our country. It also means fixing the ways that racism, racism affects our economy and excludes cert certain people from it. Hey, Jim, I think the big message we'll be looking for, both from the DNC this week and then from the Republican convention when it comes up, is what do they plan to do in terms of spending and how do they plan to pay for it? Do you think we'll hear much of that at either of these conventions? Well, listen, on that second point, I do not think you're going to hear much about paying for anything. Uh, we don't do that in Washington anymore. That's, that's really old school, old school thinking. Well, I think one message from this convention uh, for, for markets, for Wall Street, for business was do not be afraid. Listen, there's been all this talk about how, uh, and this is what Republicans have been saying, that Joe Biden will be a tool of Bernie Sanders and AOC and sort of the hard left. But if you watch that convention last night, Bernie Sanders got up there. Uh, he was a tool of Joe, of Joe Biden. He was a good soldier. Gave a, <laughs> I mean, I don't think they could have asked any more out of Bernie Sanders. Uh, when he talked about policy, it were sort of the bits that were sort of most popular and certainly least scary. He didn't talk about putting CEOs in jail. He didn't talk about, you know, breaking up Amazon, which most people like. Uh, so I think if that's the message they wanted to get across, I think they did a pretty good job doing that. What are the odds that that happens again tonight with AOC? Because last I heard last week, she wasn't going to be invited to speak at all. They, they might have some. T Listen. As, you, as we know, doing these Zoom calls, there's a lot of technical difficulties. Perhaps there will be a, a technical difficulty during her 60 seconds of talking. Hey, Julie, what, what do you think on that? Just the, uh, what the Democrats have to do right now to try and, and pull both sides together while they're bringing former Republicans into this as well. How, how effective will that be for the overall base? 
Well, I think all the Democrats really have to do right now is to speak to the moment that we're in. It's not really hard to find policies that can unite across Bernie Sanders and Republicans who aren't interested in voting for Donald Trump, because we're all interested in policies that can get us out of the crisis that we're in right now. And that really means policies of a pretty big scale. So some of the things that Bernie Sanders talked about last night, including um, universal child care, universal pre-K, investments in climate, investments in infrastructure. These are all things that will create jobs and unite across the party. Julie and Jimmy, good to see both of you. And yep. I, I feel like we'll see a lot of you in the coming months. Thanks for your time. I hope so. A couple of big name retailers came out with quarterly earnings this morning, crushing what Wall Street had expected. Walmart, the nation's largest brick and mortar retailer, beat the street on profit and revenue in its second quarter. E-commerce sales nearly doubled. Walmart's CFO told CNBC that government stimulus payments had a clear impact on consumers in the second quarter of this year. And Home Depot, another big beat, revenue up more than 23% as the pandemic forced people to stay home and work on improvement projects. Becky, I got to tell you, I'm getting a lot of support, a lot of, uh, a lot of people chiming in that they agree with me. Uh, um, not not on the economy, but, but yeah, the tie. On the tie. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah not on the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you but, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, the uh, but the, the other I, I, I mean, maybe it's a zero sum game or maybe it's a little bit above zero sum. You know what I mean? Maybe what's not spent on going out yeah. to dinner is, is spent on uh, paint. I don't know. But uh, and there is stimulus money yeah. uh, that went out there. But. And this can all come crashing down on any day. I, I understand that. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, it can get scary. And who knows what, what the, the news um, cycle is going to bring. Uh, but at this point, I just think maybe we've, you know, overdone the pessimism as a, you know, as a, I've always said that, though. But anyway, I try to be you know, happy, optimistic. But, we do have a lot to be happy and optimistic. Not everyone does. So that, you know, I need to look, I need to walk in some other shoes, obviously, as well. But uh, yeah. but by definition, the market has outperformed at anyone's uh, expectation. Reiterating what we heard from the company, too, that that the government stimulus uh, programs really worked and really have kept the consumer afloat. So you wonder what happens if there's not additional government sp- stimulus that comes or if the stimulus is is, right. is cut down significantly. I told you, I'd, you know, I redid a bathroom. Actually, I did redid a couple of bathrooms. It just, you know, made them a little bit bigger, you know, uh, new shower um, you know, equipment, uh, put Change a couple the of sinks paper in. Roll and the light bulb? Uh, that gets complicated. Do you, which, with the toilet paper roll, do you do it so that it's on the front? or? I never know. I mean, I have trouble with that, so I did the not front. put in any. I, uh, I, I want to be handy so badly because I think it's, I think it makes you attractive or something. And I'm just, Becky, I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Next on Squawk Pod, a new COVID-19 saliva test has been granted emergency use authorization by the FDA. I'm hoping that we'll see more and more labs starting to roll this out, starting to make it available, because clearly we do really just really need more testing at the moment. One of the scientists behind that test when we come back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, 
a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick. Andrew uh, is off today down at, uh, what is it, Seaside Heights or Sleece? Where is I, I don't know. He's somewhere around. That's actually not <laughs> where he is. He's at the shore. He is at, he, is at, <laughs> he is at the shore, and I think by now he might have a rash. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, we'll see. He may, he may end up liking it down there. Potential breakthrough in the battle against COVID-19. The FDA just granting emergency approval for coronavirus saliva test, calling it a testing innovation game changer. This test, which is simpler, cheaper, and less invasive than nasal swabs, was developed by Yale University researchers. It's been used by the NBA and could greatly help expand testing capacity. Joining us right now is Ann Wiley. She is Associate Research Scientist with Yale School of Public Health, which helped develop this new test. And Ann, it's great to see you. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. Good morning. So this is incredibly exciting. Um, the idea that you could do the saliva test, that it could be cheap and readily available. Um, how does it work? Uh, well, it's actually quite simple, really. Um, it's, as the name suggests, it, we are using saliva as the sample type. Um, and so what we're trying to do is get away from that swab, that swab that can, you know, there's been quite a bit, bit of aversion to the swab type. And we're hoping to also get around supply chain issues that we've been seeing with those swabs. And we're also not looking for any fancy collect, uh, collection devices to help keep our prices down. And so what's actually also quite unique about it, unique about it, is that we haven't actually developed a test that we just package up and send out to you. So you can't actually just order one of these tests. But what we've, um, what we've developed is the method for the test or the recipe, you could say. And we're able to share this test with other labs for them to get this method up and running in their local labs. Um, as for the test itself, we've actually just um, adapted the quite commonly used PCR test, which detects the virus RNA. But what we've done is we've removed the most expensive step of that, replacing it with a more simple workup, which again helps bring that price down. How would it work though? I mean, if, if it still requires a lab to put it together, you, you deliver it to me and then what, I drive it to the lab and then how long does it take for, for me to get my results back? So indeed, much like, you know, what you do at the moment with a swab. So whether that swab is being ordered for you by a doctor or whether, you know, what we're hoping to see is um, maybe in schools where you have like a little booth where you can drop off your saliva sample and have that taken to the lab. Um, so taking out that more sort of time-consuming step, we are hoping that results will be available faster. You know, this isn't one of those rapid tests that people keep talking about, but, you know, we can get... Um, results sort of through in about three hours for about 92 samples. But of course, depending on the throughput that the lab is experiencing, you know, this isn't to say that results will be available in three hours, but just that it's a slightly faster protocol means that labs can put through more tests in a day. So we do hope that we can see maybe in some situations, same day results. If not, what we're really striving for is to get below that 24 hour time point that we're just not seeing in many places at the moment. How much does this test cost? And I, I believe I've read that, that nobody is looking to really make any money on this. They're trying to just put this out there and, and make sure it's available at the lowest cost possible. 
That's exactly right. So, and we're being very, very clear and open about what labs should be, um, uh, be expecting that the reagents cost and how much the people can perhaps be expecting the uh, test to cost. And that's because the reagents or the chemicals that make up the test, depending on where the um, companies are getting them from, they only cost somewhere between $1 and $4 for the reagents. That's just the reagents for the test. We do know that there are some markups that are going to have to go on to there, such as, you know, to cover the logistics of getting the test, the personnel to run the tests and also just, you know, they need to pay for the facilities that they're in to do those tests. But, you know, it's that markup that we're still trying to limit that lab's charge. So we do want this to be as cheap as possible for society and we are wanting to be part of that conversation of um, how much labs are charging to try and just keep this down. I, I do think that this could be a huge game changer for, for schools getting back and for, for businesses bringing more employees back. How, how quickly can this be rolled out? When do you think that, there, that it will be widely available? So hopefully within the next couple of months. Um, I mean, what's happening at the moment is that uh, – this can only still be run in the clear lab. So these clear labs have to get in touch with us. We do have to um, issue them the um, right to use this test and just to make sure that it's set up properly to make sure that they've got the um, equipment that's available. So I'm hoping that we'll see at least within the next month, um, you know, more and more labs starting to roll this out, starting to make it available because clearly we do really desperately need more testing at the moment. What's the accuracy rate? So it's looking really good. So for uh, for any of the technical folks out there, we do have um, this test can detect about six to twelve copies, virus copies um, per microliter. Um, what that means is that it is quite on par with many of the other traditional RM, uh, PCR tests that are already out there. So we are it's about ninety percent sensitive in patients, about eighty eight to ninety percent sensitive in um, asymptomatic healthy individuals. So what we're missing is that, you know, we, there's more of a chance that we might miss that very, very low viral load. So when the virus is maybe only starting to sort of um, pick up an individual. And the idea of this is that we're wanting that frequent testing. So, you know, if you've been tested twice a week, even, you know, even better if you can be tested more, you know, you might get missed one day if you've got very, very low amounts of the virus in you. But if that viral load starts to increase, because you're having frequent testing, we'll quickly pick that up the next time. And thank you for your time this morning. But more importantly, thank you for your work on this front. It's, it's something we are all kind of eagerly awaiting and looking forward to hearing more about. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. 
The University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, is canceling in-person undergraduate classes after a coronavirus outbreak quickly spread across campus. Since classes began uh, last week, about 135 students and staff have tested positive for COVID. The school is shifting all undergraduate classes to remote learning uh, by tomorrow. It will continue to hold in-person classes uh, in the graduate, professional, and health affairs uh, schools. And its student-athletes are moving forward to play uh, with plans to play fall sports. Meantime, uh, uh, 23 members of a sorority house at Oklahoma State University have tested positive for COVID. The entire uh, chapter house of Pi Beta Phi is in quarantine for two weeks. The university is contact tracing and notifying others who have been uh, potentially have been exposed. Becky. Did you see the cover of the Daily Tar Heel, which is the UNC student newspaper yesterday, Joe? No, I, I, I missed that. Um, what, what, did it, what, what was it? They you a, don't get that. They had a banner you, stripped you have... across the top because they, well, they, well, it was, I saw it on Twitter. They had five clusters uh, that, that had developed, five clusters, means at least five people in each of them that, that developed with COVID. And uh, they called it a, a, a cluster F <laughs> across the top of the paper. Oh, right. I get it. I get it. Uh, interesting. Yeah. CNBC has confirmed a report uh, that says software giant Oracle is in talks to buy TikTok's U.S., Canadian, Australian and New Zealand uh, assets. Oracle is working with a group of U.S. venture capital firms uh, that already have a stake in TikTok. A source tells CNBC that Oracle and Microsoft are far ahead of other companies that have expressed interest. Oracle doesn't currently have a consumer facing social media or video business. So this would uh, probably be a, a good move, and hence the uh, hence the interest. Becky, I am looking. This is like the is the dress blue and black or gold and white debate about your tie. No, it's not. It's purple, purple, purple. Yes, it's it as, is. It's as if you know the, the last time I saw something this purple, it was a big dinosaur named Barney. <laughs> Barney, <laughs> Miss Barney. <laughs> The country marks a special anniversary today. It has been 100 years to the day since the 19th Amendment was ratified. Of course, the 19th Amendment guaranteed women the right to vote. And that seems like an awfully long time ago, 100 years, but it's not really. And uh, just to put this in perspective, when you consider this, it's really just going back about two generations. In fact, my grandmother, Anne Manley, is celebrating an important milestone today as well. She turns 94 today. She was born just six years after the ratification of the 19th Amendment and... Uh, there's some pictures of her with some of her great-granddaughters, granddaughters. And, uh, Joe, if you notice in the bottom, she's got a squawk mug in one picture. That's nice. And happy birthday, 94. Mm-hmm. 94 is great. Yeah. It's great. And, uh, it is. I, and you know what? I'll bet you she would say that life went really quickly. It just it, because now for me, 10 years, I mean, I remember the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. I, I mean, I remember so many 10 years that 10, 10 year periods doesn't seem that long to me. And I'm, I'm always staggered by yeah. how different the country was 100 years ago. But that's great. That's, that's a great day. That's yeah. cute. Is you that your mom's says, mom? She, she still feels me like of, she's 18. Yeah, that's my mother's mother. Is yeah. that your mom? She's in Indiana. Reminds me of your mom. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Indiana. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyway, happy All birthday, right. Grandma. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to this podcast. On our rundown tomorrow, Target CEO and Chairman Brian Cornell. 
how essential retailers have been working with coronavirus consumers. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and the vacationing Andrew Ross Sorkin. What if he ended up, remember Jersey Shore? What if he's there, like where, you know, Snooky and... and Mike, the Situation Room. Uh. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. Subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.